This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. So Dan, last thing I have, I want to get your impression because Molly and I had an interesting conversation too. And and again, this is in the context of just kind of understanding how the NFL works or thinking that we do. Um, You know, the Trey Lance situation, I think, can be a cautionary tale. A year ago, he was preparing to start the season against the Bears, and he came into Soldier Field as the quarterback of the future for the San Francisco 49ers. Suffers a broken ankle on uh, September 18th, I think week three or week two. He misses the season, and he was maybe rushed to the field. But a year after he was the you know, the the starter of the, the quarterback of the future, he is now on his second team, traded after they gave up on him, essentially, in San Francisco, after they gave up so much to get him in the draft. He was drafted well ahead of Justin Fields, the third quarterback taken in the 2021 draft. And I think that when you talk about and we talk about the no excuses tour, that's kind of what we're talking about. Life comes at you fast in the NFL. Justin Fields has a sense of urgency that is arriving very quickly. September 10th, it is here, the beginning of that season that will dictate his future because you don't want to be in a year from now Wondering what, wonder what Justin Fields is going to be like as what, whatever, whatever shape his career takes. But I do think that just reminds it should remind everyone in Chicago how how temporary this kind of opportunity can be. Oh yeah, and and how important this season is. 2019 is all you need to to revisit to understand just how how quickly that trap door can open up beneath you and everything goes in the direction that you didn't think it was going in. The Bears went from Super Bowl hopefuls on the Thursday night of week one of 2019 to, oh, no, we're in free fall by November 1st. You know, and that, that, that that's a startling two month uh, transition and, and evolution there. And so, look, like there's there's a lot ahead here and there's a lot to develop. And, and you know, I, Luke Getze said something in one of the meetings that was shown on the Bears 1920 football drive program where he was talking to his players about understanding how to ride that roller coaster and do so with grace and a steel stomach. And he said, you have to do it with an attitude of we got this bleep, you know. And so like Justin is at the forefront of that. He's got to weather the storm. Um, I'm glad you asked this question because I get a lot of questions on social media and I don't like answering them on social media because the discussion is longer about how does Justin's camp in 2023 compare to some of the struggles we saw from Mitch's camp in 2019 that for me were a warning sign of, uh uh-oh, like this isn't fluid. The two differences for me are, um, number one, the expectations of what that season was going to be are far different. 
that team was a Super Bowl hopeful team and the pressure of having to live up to that so quickly mounted and it mounted throughout that summer. It mounted throughout that training camp. It mounted into that first week of the regular season when they laid an egg and lost to the Packers 10 to three at home. And and by the way, don't forget in that game, the bears had the ball down 10 to three with a chance to go tie it up. And the entire stadium knew the game was over. And that told you how that game had gone that day. And, and Mitch ended up throwing an interception in the end zone to Adrian Amos. So, so the pressure was different. Justin's, mental fortitude is different than Mitch's was. He's just sturdier in terms of the psyche and the ability to, to handle struggle and failure. Quality. And I, like I always said with Mitch, like, and, and it's not like a, I mean, it's a criticism for sure, but it's something I can relate to. He struggled with struggling, you know, and that, that was one of his fatal flaws is he just could never kind of just like steady himself. And it became, it became a problem. Justin's not going to have those problems. Now, some of the inconsistency that was shown through training camp is worrisome. Again, I counted 18 interceptions in one, uh, 11 and 11 and, and seven on seven periods uh, from the start of training camp until the end of last week. And, and that has to get cleaned up. I'm going to have something uh, for ChicagoTribune.com next week that we're going to talk about at length on this show, which is setting realistic statistical goals for Justin Fields in 2023. It's an awesome exercise. I'm almost done with it. You're going to be uh, really intrigued to see what the results are because I think it'll give you kind of a, a, a level uh, barometer of, of what we're aiming for and where the bullseye's at. Um, the other thing I would say, and I'm, I'm curious what you think of this because the Bears opted to play Justin Fields in that preseason finale the other day, and they were going to give him 10 to 15 snaps, and then he took a hit on his 13th snap and they pulled the plug. And look, I'm, I'm not up in arms about this. I'm not outraged. Uh, it was an interesting decision to me because of where they took him out of the game at. It was first and goal at the nine and all camp long. You've talked about the need to get him a lot of situational work, situational work, situational work. Well, now here you had at most three plays from inside the 10 left to run. And they got so spooked by the hit that he took from Ed Oliver that they yanked him out of the game right away and said, Tyson, go, go, go finish this drive off. And I wondered what you thought of, of that decision because it, it, it was sort of an interesting decision in a moment where you're trying to squeeze every last ounce of development out of the guy at the end of the preseason. Again, I have no problems with the decision they made. I just wonder if it was a little too, too panicky. I never worry about, Guys, I, I shouldn't say never. I'm not a big fan of that, to be honest. I, I think that, you know, you you should play guys uh, and, and see things through. I thought that was an overreaction by Matt Eberflus. They could justify the snap count. And, well, I, I would have let him finish the drive. I would have let him, you know, go out with a positive, try to end on a, on a good note. I'm also not going to overreact to the fact that he only had 20 snaps. Either way, Dan, I think that we end this preseason – with questions that remain about Justin Fields, the passer. And I think they're probably more questions than people really want to acknowledge or feel comfortable with. They could all be erased with a 275 yard passing performance yeah. against the Packers with three touchdowns and one interception. That would be terrific, but I don't think that we've seen enough in preseason. So I think that when he left the game, he left uh, some, some people, some of us, kind of uh, wanting more and unsatisfied with the progress that we have seen in a very small sample size. So, yeah, I'm with you a little bit. It, there was a bit of a scare, kind of hold your breath moment when Oliver hit him and he went down, but he's not fragile. I, I don't think, it, you know, you, you can overreact too much to some things like that. And I think sometimes NFL coaches do. Josh Allen looked the part. Oh, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of performance that you want to see from a quarterback who who has that kind of star potential. Yeah, I thought it in live action. I thought it again when I rewatched it, just the ability to go down the field and lead a touchdown drive and do so with three third down conversions that were just high level NFL quarterback stuff. That's worth watching if you want to see what the jump Justin needs to take is. Um, 
looked like the hit that Oliver put on him, Eberflus was pretty clear after the game that, that Fields didn't do his job in terms of drifting back enough to get rid of that screen pass and take himself out of harm's way. And so that's another lesson you've got to learn as a young quarterback. Like, don't take that hit. This is a screenplay. You know the rush is coming. Drift and get yourself out of harm's way so we're not worrying about bruised ribs or a broken wrist or or whatever it may be. Um, This is going to be a a fascinating journey for Justin. We're going to hear from him a lot more uh, in the next week or so. I'm hoping to get him myself here in the next couple of days, and, and we'll have some of that audio there. Um, it'll, it'll be fascinating to cross this bridge and, and, and see where it leads us. 